The Art of Not Forgetting Photographing Memories as a Way to Resist Censorship by Olga Bubic There are things common for all cultures, things that make us who we are, fragile and strong, empathetic and desperate, at times giving a hand to those in need, at other times ready to accept help, and our ability to tell stories. Our stories are based on individual memories, emotions and experiences, and by telling them we shape collective memory, and thus historical and national discourse. The crucial importance of memories was something that ideological leaders always clearly realized. In different periods and in different countries, they tried to distort them, replace them with messages beneficial for their own needs, and silence the truth. Today, among the tools widely used by dictatorial regimes, there is fake news, propaganda and censorship, all rooted in fear of those in power. And very often, not only is freedom of expression at stake, but what underpins it, the freedom of thought. In my project, The Art of Not Forgetting, which began in February 2021, around four months after the beginning of the protest in Belarus, I tried to use storytelling and photography as a means of opposing the regime of the last European dictator, Alexander Lukashenko. Uh, the idea that brought me to address these issues was prompted by the situation I was observing in my country since August 2020. During massive rallies against the rigged presidential election, the one symbol used by the opposition was uh, the white-red-white white flag, a historical symbol that refers to the period of independent Belarus and dates back to 1918. Very soon the regime declared this color combination as extremist and eventually banned. People wearing clothes, scarves, bracelets and even socks of their own colors were detained fined and given prison sentences. On social media, many Belarusians admitted they would often leave their apartments with warm clothes, toilet paper, a toothbrush and other hygiene products in their backpacks, just in case. This was in response to reports from people recently released from jails who described conditions as inhumane, in unsanitary and overcrowded. It was also reported that uh, COVID-positive patients were deliberately put uh, in with others to infect them. In the winter of 2021, the absurdity of the situation reached its peak when a group of 15-year-old uh, teenagers were detained in the city center during the day and elderly women exercising outside were kidnapped from a park on the outskirts of the city. On February the 5th, uh, 2021, 29-year-old Alexander Nudinov was given a three-year sentence in a panel colony for picking vegetation from flower beds and throwing it at police officers. That was his official verdict. Among other absurd sentences Belarusians received in court were as follows. Guilty of showing intention, condemning silence and mental solidarity. And no one of these uh, are scenes from a dystopian novel, but the reality of 10 million civilians trapped in a nightmare whose logic cannot be explained in terms of critical thinking or human vocabulary. 
But the ridiculous verdicts have not ceased since the suppression of the 2020 protests. Just a few weeks ago, on the 1st of March, Jeanne Trefimets, an elderly woman, marched by herself to one of the central squares of Minsk and was subsequently arrested and fined uh, more than uh, 3,000 Belarusian rubles, which is around $1,000. Trofimet's case, as well as the arrests of hundreds of other Belarusians who showed solidarity with Ukraine, made it clear yellow and blue were not welcome in the city streets either. A student of the Belarusian National Technical University, who took a picture of Trofimet's brave action, was also detained. All those actions appeared to aim not only at silencing dissent, but also at preventing future generations from knowing and remembering amazing facts of solidarity. The Belarusians fight for freedom and their strong voices in opposing violence and lawlessness. Apart from its indispensable role in the formation of the history of a nation and civilization, memory also matters at the level of basic survival. It is a guarantee against repeating the same mistakes. Deprived of memories, unable to continue the thread of stories our ancestors have shared with us, we risk returning into the mental and spiritual Middle Ages halting progress and getting stuck in tragic cycles our grandparents had experienced and warned us against. Thus, fueled by this desperate desire to preserve, to keep, to fix down in the form of something more durable than our brain's organic memory, I started talking to the Belarusians about what they would like to remember and what they would like to forget. The stories that more than 30 people shared with me were accompanied by images I took of my narrators. Their words were supported by what Umberto Eco called mineral memories. The photos I made were from screenshots. Conversations were held via Zoom and Skype with their particles that I ironically call silicon-generated pixelated palettes. In the project The Art of Not Forgetting, I wanted to address the subject of memory and the process of forgetting and remembering and try to somehow capture from the minds of the project's participants their resourceful recollections, often connected with the events of historical importance. Flickering with imperfection, fragile and susceptible to transformation, the Pixelated images became containers of emotions we experience when retrieving the most resourceful and the most painful recollections, which ultimately all address the same basic and ordinary things we all share. These include our feelings uh, when first encountering the death of someone close, the first moment we realized our greater mission, sudden insights via our connection with nature, the world and ourselves. Our longing for freedom, our helplessness in the face of cruelty and violence. We strive to bring all of these to future generations. We want them to be safe from external manipulation and censorship. Unfortunately, book-burning campaigns conducted in 1933 by the Nazi soldiers risk being repeated in Belarus today. Since his first presidential term, Lukashenko has been persistently closing Belarusian-speaking schools, 
and stigmatizing the Belarusian culture as second class and provincial, claiming that Russian is a blessing for all of us. Quote. Since 1994, the Belarusian people have been investing immense effort in the preservation of our national language and culture through underground partisan movements. Hopefully, the art of not forgetting is going to make its own contribution to these processes. By caring for our memories and sharing resourceful episodes with others, we keep our stories alive and feel that we are not alone. There are already too many blank pages in the history of our civilization.